Welcome to another podcast from Generations Church. We trust you will be encouraged today. So I want to introduce Should Tyson. Should I be getting my stand going, apparently? <laughs> he is one of our faithful leaders. He's been with us since the very beginning, since like before all of his babies were even born. We love Tyson and Danita so much. He's always such an encouragement to us. And so I look forward to what he has to share. He's always the guy that's just going to get something done. If I have a bright idea or a bad idea, he does it. Like he spray-painted a golden toilet last week on Saturday. I don't know. He just does those things. He's amazing. So Tyson, we look forward to you sharing with us. Thank you for the introduction. I have, oh, that was nice. (laughs) I've carried out many of Pastor Amy's bad ideas for her, as as she mentioned. But there's been far more good ones, don't worry. Well, I'm here. Are you here? Man, at first I wasn't sure you were here. This is the Lord's house and, uh, oh, kids, you may go to kids' church. If you know, what ages are we letting go? Okay, good. You can go, guys. Go off to kids' church. Okay, there is kids' church. That's great. Kids, you can go if you think that I'm going to be boring. You want to get out of here right now. Preschool group can go. Okay. Well, that was smooth. It's always nice to start off your message that way. (laughs) That's fine. Um, So we left, we went on holidays recently, and we were gone for a couple of weeks. And I like going on holidays for a few reasons. One is obviously to take a break and to take a rest. They are holy days. They are days that are set apart. And so we spent time with family a large amount of time with my family, cramped, cramped spaces with my family. Anyways, the bottom line is, is that what I'm trying to bring, uh, bring forward is that when I came back to church, it just, I was just reminded of how much I love church and I love church all the time. But you know, the, they say that the, the absence, uh, that absence is, come on, help me with this. Makes the heart grow fonder. And that is true, isn't it? There could be someone that like just annoys you like crazy, but you get away from them for a while, and you're like, yeah, I kind of miss them. And you get back around them, and you're like, oh, not really, but then you get away from them again, you're like, I miss them again. It's good. <clears throat> That's not how I feel about you. Okay. But I was really happy to get back to church. And, uh, and so anyways, we left on holidays, and I did something that a few people had advised me not to, and that was to pull a 21-foot boat with a Jeep with 37-inch tires on it with only a a V6 engine, and that is challenging. And so I knew that, you know, why would, you'd, you'd ask like, why would we do that? But, um, but it was, obviously it was a long haul, and it was completely worth it. We had everything we needed no matter where we went. We were able to take in the lakes, and I took our Jeep to a, a very remote lake and scratched it up really badly, check it out next time we bring it to church. And, and I had resolved that that was what I was going to do, and I, I thought it was worth it. And so what I did is I bought a T-shirt that said, we'll get there when we get there. I put that shirt on. And every time we drove, I put it on. And that generally meant that I had to wear it two days in a row. And <laughs> it was hot, so I was committed, let me tell you. All things considered, it went well. We ended up like breaking up long segments into two days, and 
and I just took it easy. I set the cruise control on 90 kilometers an hour, and as soon as we'd hit a hill, I'd just watch the temperature gauge continue to climb, and I'd like ease off till I saw it come back down again. It was in a constant state of overheating. <clears throat> so uh, I don't know about you, but my data plan has gotten way better, so that's great. So I was able to set Apple Maps. Actually, my wife was the one that was controlling Apple Maps, and never once with this Jeep in the boat did we make a wrong turn, which a wrong turn would be pretty annoying because turning that around is challenging. That has not always been in my experience on holidays. So um, we were, uh, we were going go to go to Smithers one year, and my wife decided to go, I think, a week early, so she flew down, and then I drove to Smithers with my my children, my, all my preteen children. And, uh, and so I got going and I might have been like, you know, my, maybe my data plan wasn't big enough at the time, or maybe it was the fact that the last time I'd gone through Dawson Creek, I'd got a uh, distracted driving ticket for using my phone as a GPS. For, uh, I, I know what you can get distracted driving tickets for, so let me help you. If you're holding an electronic device, it doesn't matter if you're just trying to look at the map, that's not allowed, you're not allowed to hold it. So you need something to like hold it for you. And somehow that's significantly different to the RCMP. So don't hold your electronic device. And so as I was going through Dawson Creek, I was like, I know the way, I've been to, I've been to Smithers before. How difficult can this be? So we roll in, we go to um, what I like to call my family's kitchen, which is McDonald's. And I went through the drive-through and we got our food. And so I'm dealing with, you know, making sure the kids have everything, distributing whatever, and driving through Dawson Creek. And then we were right on our way again. And then we got to a town called Fort St. John. And then I remembered, I was, well, I was thinking, I'm like, I don't remember going through Fort St. John the last time I went to Smithers. So I stopped and used some of my precious data to realize I was significantly off course. And, you know, not being super familiar with the road, it was like trees and rolling hills. It seemed like the same. And as I figured out how I was going to get back on track, I realized that I had gone too far, that there really was no making this better. If I backtracked, it was going to, it was going to take the same amount of time as if I just went around their long way. And so that turned a six-hour trip, uh, which is already quite long after a full day's work with preteen kids. Um, I turned it into a seven-and-a-half-hour seven drive which is challenging. And uh, you ever been there in your life where you realize you've gotten too far and you, there's really no easy way to get back from where you are? Like you're, you're just like, there is, there's, no, there's no way that I can make this right easily. It's gonna be hard this way and it's gonna be hard this way. It's gonna cost me this way and it's gonna cost me this way. <clears throat> I've often heard people say, that I feel so far from God. Have you heard people say that before? Maybe that is you this morning. You don't have to put your, put your hand up. But I've heard people say that often. I feel, I feel like I'm a long ways away from God. And I, the Lord told me years ago that, that you know, the only, the, the, the thing to respond to someone like that is like, you know, the Lord is everywhere. And he's, he's actually constantly pursuing you. And all you need to do is turn around. Or maybe you've heard that song by Matt Mayer, um, turn around. And it, he just says, all you got to do is turn around. God's right there. But the fact remains that sometimes we get ourselves to a place and turning around, yes, God is there, but we end up in a place where we're not going to be able to be magically transported back to where we need to be. God will be with us, but um, the damage is done. You know, the, tra the traveling has been done in order for you to get back to where the Lord 
is leading you, you're going to have to take the journey. And it'll kind of be like me in Fort St. John being like, I can go this way or I can go this way. Either way, it's an extra hour and a half and it just is what it is. But here's the thing. No matter where you go, God is going to be with you, but the way that you go matters. Do you know that? The way you go matters. Even though Jesus is going to be with you no matter where you go, the way you go does matter. Let me, let me state this clearly for some of the conversations I've been having lately. What you do matters. You know, like there's, he's given you a mind. He's given you the, the opportunity to join him in his kingdom. And if you sit down and wait for him to do it, his move is going to pass you by. You're going to end up outside of what the Lord is doing. He doesn't do it all. He is all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's, he's, uh, he's everywhere. And yet he still chooses to partner with us. The way that you go matters. Because he has a plan for you, and he has a plan for you in his kingdom to accomplish something. And he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna be the strength behind everything that he's doing, but he wants you to move. He wants you to go from here to there. You know, the moment you accept uh, Jesus as your, as, your, as your Savior, that's not the time to sit down and wait it out until heaven. Right? Come on, hear me. This is, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a move of the Lord that he, he wants you to be caught up in. He doesn't want you to sit and wait for him to do it. And if you wander off, whether it's deliberately or inadvertently, you're going to end up spending some time to get back on track. It's just the way it is. I mean, maybe once in a while, he's going to create a, 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 a spectacular miracle and pick you up and put you back where he wants you to be. But the honest truth is, most of the time, it's a journey, you know? And we're all moving towards Christ, but we're all, we're all going our own direction. And we only have so much time. Do you know that? You have like around 80 years. If, if you're not aware of the statistics, that's about how much time you have. And although God doesn't work within the realms of time, we do. We have to. I'm, I'm just about 40. I'm getting there. And I kind of am starting to realize I'm like halfway done my life. You know, when I turned 33, I remember being like, oh, man, Jesus accomplished everything he ever was going to by now. And I feel like... I'm just bumping into walls looking for food. You ever heard that said before? I thought by now I'd be really established financially and socially and with my job and with my career. And I feel like I'm just wandering around bumping into walls looking for food. <laughs> the way you go matters. And that's why I've titled today's message, The Way. The Way. I'm going to start in John 14... Starting in, in verse 1, it says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Anytime you see something like that, it's actually a commandment. The Bible, the Bible is telling us, the Lord is telling us, Do not let your hearts be troubled. If, if your heart is troubled right now, don't do it. I know that, it's, I know that it's, uh, it sounds easy. It's not. It is simple. It's not easy. You believe in God. Believe also in me. These are the words of Jesus, by the way, if you haven't caught up to that point yet. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare, prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, 
that you also may be where I'm going. You know the place, or you know the way to the place where I'm going. And Thomas pipes up and says to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. No offense, but once in a while, Pastor Trav says, you know where we're going. And I say, I don't really know where we're going. And then he explains it to me and everything's fine. Jesus is doing the same thing to Thomas here. You know where I'm going. Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way. And the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The way, the truth, and the life. Okay, those of you that have been in Sunday school since you were really young, just take a moment to breathe that truth in. I think often we will just go the way, the truth, and the life. We know, like, we know this. But listen to what Jesus is saying. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. We, the church, we know about these things. We, and I would say my, my personal opinion is, is that we probably focus the most on the truth, which is, of course, important. I mean, I was just listening to something a little while ago that talked about how Jesus was, was full of truth and he was full of grace, both. And we, as humans, we actually more like a balancing scale where we, we have truth and we have grace. And depending on how you say something to someone, you might be a little more truthful about it. And, you know, if you say it this, this way, it might be a little more grace-filled. You know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about because I often will accidentally tell my wife things that are true, <laughs> lacking in grace, and I pay for it. <laughs> Lord, fill me with grace. We focus more on the truth, I think, which is important because the truth, the Bible says, will set you free. That is extremely important. Would you agree? Do you want to be set free? Okay, good. The truth is important, but it's not the only thing. And life, I would say, is also a word that we talk about quite a bit, and it's obviously important. The Bible says that the wages of sin is is death, but the gift of God is life. Is this important to you? His life. Of course, his truth is important. His life is important. Not nearly as much do we talk about the way of Jesus. Okay, here's some Bible trivia. And if you've watched The Chosen lately, you have a bit of an edge, but do you know what Christians were called in the first century? Does anybody know what they were called? Because I'll give you a hint, they weren't called Christians. Does anybody know? I'll give you a hundred bucks. Pastor Trav, I owe you a hundred dollars. I should have mentioned that maybe the pastors shouldn't be the ones answering. If I ask you to answer another question, I would suggest you do. They're the followers of the way. And their goal wasn't just right theology, although they talked about it, most certainly. There was, there was many conversations about how we're going to apply, um, you know, hundreds of years of Jewish tradition to, to what we were going to do with Jesus if we truly believed he was the Son of God. 
And it wasn't just strong morality, although morality was something that they talked about. I mean, even in talking um, about how they were going to bring the gospel to, to the Jews and how they're going to bring it to the Gentiles, there was some morality that didn't necessarily line up between those two groups of people. There was conversation about morality. So their goal wasn't just right theology and it wasn't just strong morality. The goal was to live the way that Jesus lived. The way that Jesus had commanded them. The way of Jesus. I'm going to read for you in John 13, starting in verse 34. Jesus said, a new commandment I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus, uh, Jesus took a couple of commandments. Um, a lawyer type had asked him what the greatest commandment was. And he, and he answered, it was love of the Lord your God. And then he said, the second is like it, love your neighbor. But Jesus tweaked this a little bit when he said, a new commandment I give to you. And he said basically the same thing, except for to apply, to put himself at the end of the verse and say, as I have loved you. Because Jesus had loved like no one else had loved before. And the honest truth was, at this point, they didn't really know what that love even was going to look like yet. But he was telling them so that he said, remember what I told you, you got to love like that. The way of Jesus. Think about how the way that Jesus lived. Compare it to how most of us live. Jesus was full of joy. No offense, but a lot of us are not necessarily full of joy. At least it doesn't seem to be bubbling out of us. Most of us are full of stress. Jesus didn't worry. Our, our generation that's currently on this planet is considered the most, the most anxious generation in history. They say that um, kids that are in elementary school are experiencing the same level of strain as 1950s, 1960s um, insane patients, people that were in, in the crazy, in the crazy hospital. This is the same, the same level of stress we have. Jesus stopped for people. We ain't got time for that. I got, super, I got a ton of things to do. I don't have time to stop. Holy Spirit, tap you on your shoulder. You should talk to that person. Oh, the Holy Spirit, I wish you knew how many things I have to get done today. So like another time. Jesus was consumed with ongoing fellowship with his father. I can't pray for three minutes without being distracted by, by my phone or by my stomach. Just being transparent here. When Jesus went somewhere, the way he got there is that he walked. He took his time. Never once if you find this in scripture and you can refute this, I'll give you $100. Never once did Jesus run. Never once. In fact, you can see it over and over again. It said, as he walked, as he was on his way, as he was walking with the people, as he was, as he was spending time with prostitutes and with gangsters and with the people of the most irreputable um, reputations. They were, they, were, they were terrible people as far as society was concerned that's where he was he walked with them he never rushed personally I'm always pushing it I'm always overwhelmed and I'm always rushed and I'm rushing to become someone that I don't even like do you know what I'm talking about 
To some degree, I've always been this way, but it seems to be getting worse. And the, the way, bold and underlined, the way that I'm doing things does not seem to be working. Do you ever feel like Christianity is just not working? Maybe we should call it the, the followers of the way. Maybe that will miraculously change it and it'll start working again. Do you ever feel like Christianity is just not working anymore? Am I the only one? Well, you, I can understand why you wouldn't want to pop your hand up. Now, I'm not saying that Christianity is not working as in I'm going to lose my faith and I'm going to go to hell. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm questioning why I often feel like I'm failing and why I feel like I'm losing all my battles and why I'm not living a victorious Christian life. The way I've been going is destroying the work of God in me. The way that I'm walking is destroying what God is trying to do in me. You ever feel like that? The way you're doing life, your schedule, your pace, it's destroying you. Your insecurities, your unresolved hurts, your deep fears, the distractions in your life, it's destroying you. It's destroying the work of God in you. But that's how we do it. We, this is the way the world works. It's the way to success. It's, it's the way to win. It's the way to get ahead. It's, it's the way to be quote-unquote happy. Work hard. Drive hard. Don't stop. Never stop. Never stopping. Anyone catch that? Never stop, never stopping. Okay, we watch different movies, that's fine. <laughs> this is what our society does. And this has certainly been my own pattern as well. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm just gonna tell you about a couple, the last couple of months because I feel like the last couple of months that I've been walking through, the Lord would like me to testify about where I've been and where I am now. I've been on an interesting journey and it all started when I went on a road trip with some close friends and we already know them fairly well, but we were gonna be in a vehicle with them for nine hours one way and nine hours the other. And I, so I, I downloaded 200 questions to get to know someone because it's, it's a good opportunity for some really deep conversations about who you are and what, where you wanna be. And, uh, and so a question came up and the question was, and it was a ways into the game, what are you absolutely determined to do? What are you absolutely determined to do? And the other three people in the vehicle, including my wife, were able to formulate an answer, you know, with some, some time to think, a minute or two. And frankly, I just could not figure out what I'm absolutely determined to do. And that's a problem for someone who is driven like me. Because which, like, where, which direction am I going? Where am I driving? I don't know what I'm absolutely determined to do. And it was, honestly, it was just a little bit embarrassing. Am I not a determined person? Am I not determined to do anything? Of course, I have goals that I want to accomplish, and I'm certainly busy with these pursuits. But the phrase absolutely determined, those words hung me up, and it actually really bothered me. And I think it's good sometimes when something really bothers you. Because it causes you to look inside. It causes you if you're a follower of the way, to look to Jesus and say, what do you, what do you have to say about this, Jesus? Because the truth of the matter is, I gave my life to him a long time ago, and now my life is his. So I must be absolutely determined to do something. Help me, Jesus. And so I started thinking about it. I started praying about it. And I had read and reread a book this year called, so I read it twice, called Thinking for a Change, and it's by John Maxwell. And I was reminded of a certain concept that stood out to me. You know how you can sum up, 
you know, 200 pages into one sentence, it doesn't necessarily work. But you know how some things stick with you. And, and one thing that stu stuck with me is you can't control your emotions, but you can change the way you think. And your thinking controls your emotions. And if any of you have spent time with me in a small group or just one-on-one, -on -one, you will know that I'm a, I'm a relatively emotional person. We've come to the point in our marriage where I cry at the movies and now my wife has matured enough that she doesn't anymore, which is frankly embarrassing because we used to cry together. It's just me crying. As soon as there's an emotional part in the movie, all my kids are like, okay, dad still has a heart. So summing it up, basically change your thinking, change your life. And throughout that conversation with God, I eventually was able to land on what I'm absolutely determined to do. And so a few weeks later, at our connect group, we were again playing 200 questions to get to know someone. And I knew that question was going to come up. And I was like, I'm ready. It was so embarrassing the last time. I've thought about this. You ever play a game where you have to like, you know, if you know the game, you're better at it than everyone? 200 questions is one of those games. As you can sound like you really got it under control. And everyone from my connect group would say, not really, Tyson, but that's okay. And so when that question came up, what are you absolutely determined to do? I said, I am absolutely determined to master my mind. I want to master my mind. And even if it takes my whole life and I, and even if I never get there, I want to master it. That is, that is what my life's pursuit is going to be. My mind goes fast and in lots of circles and it is difficult to master, I'll tell you. And from that point forward, then I started trying to figure out how I was gonna do that. And you can, un you can understand that, that that statement is one that is gonna be difficult to even figure out what step one is. What does that even mean? I didn't realize this at first, but the next part of this journey that God had me on was actually from some, from some tests that I was having done. I was realizing I had become like tired all the time and um, not that my motivation wasn't there. I really wanted to get things done, but it was kind of difficult to like get the glutes back off the chair once it was down at the end of the day. You know what I mean? And it turns out to be perfectly transparent. Who's texting me? That's rude. <laughs> It turns out I was low on cortisol, and if you know what cortisol is, it's the stress, it's the stress hormone. Well, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm stressed. Most of the time I'm stressed, I'm relatively happy. I love Jesus, but I'm stressed quite a bit of the time. And so I was like, I just said to the doctor, well, that means I just need more cortisol, so give me more cortisol, and then I'll just continue to keep going. And he told me, it's actually not really the way it works. Okay, explain to me how it works. Once I ran out of cortisol, which by when I slept, my body would build it up, and I'd use it way too quickly in the middle of the day. And then as I got into the afternoon, it was gone. And so your body starts to use other hormones in its place, kind of the next best, and it ends up driving those hormones down too. And then you wonder why you're, why you're tired and why you're in a brain fog. And he said the real reason is your body's just trying to get you to just rest. I don't want to slow down. I don't want to rest. I have things to accomplish. But I've actually, through that conversation, I learned that it turns out that 
your mind is so powerful in terms of what it does in your being is that it can actually start to really harm you. And he said that if you don't make changes, he said, he, he asked the question this way, do you feel like you're stressed out all the time? And I was like, no, but it always feels the same. So I guess maybe. And he said, if you don't make changes, then within 10 years, you will most certainly have a heart attack or you'll be a, a diabetic. And I thought I'm in pretty good health. So I was like, okay, that, that he definitely had my ear at that point. And so what was happening is that you're just constantly in a fight or fight mode. Your body's just trying to correct this thing and you're burning yourself out. Listen, the way that I'm doing life seems right, but it's harming me. And the Bible has something to say about that. In Proverbs 14, in verse 12, it says, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. And so with all of these things in mind, I set out to make some changes. And I want to read for you a passage that the Lord highlighted for me of what he says to people like me and maybe people like you. Matthew 11, starting in verse 28, it says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You've heard this before. If you know what a yoke is, it's a piece of wood that goes between two different animals so they can, they can pull weight together. And they can pull more weight together than each of them individually combined could do. And so you think, okay, the Lord is saying, I will give you rest, put this thing on, and do some work. And you're like, it seems kind of contradictory. And so the analogy obviously works, and my opinion is, is that this is probably the way that the vast majority of us takes it. And that's okay, because I don't think it's wrong. But that we get in a harness with Jesus, and then we're both pulling the weight of our lives along, and he's helping us, which I think is true. The Lord opened my eyes to what that meant for me. He said, you harness yourself to me, and I'm going to slow you down. I'm going to hold you back. It doesn't make sense, does it? Here's the thing. Jesus lived a certain way. He, he went at a certain speed. And he wants me harnessed to himself so that he can set the pace. And if I'm not in that harness with him, if I don't have that around my neck, I will naturally move at a pace that is, is quicker than what his plan for me is and I will miss what he's doing. And the Bible says that it'll actually lead me to death. He, he's inviting us to a better way to be joined to him, his pace, his direction, his purpose. Probably gonna wanna sing another song, right? Now would be the time for the band to start coming. Here's the deal. If you are rushed and you're stressed, you're overwhelmed, Jesus can show you the way of unhurried rhythms of grace. If you're overwhelmed by temptation, you feel far from God and you're spiritually dry or dull, Jesus can show you the way of unbroken fellowship with the Father. If you're unfocused 
and you're preoccupied, distracted by trivial things with what others think, what they post, what they have. It doesn't last, by the way. Jesus can show you the way of uncluttered pursuit of God's mission. If you're regretting the past, you're worried about the future. You're, you're present physically, but your mind is somewhere else. Jesus can show you the way of undivided attention in the moment. You're tired of the grind. You're tired of the stress. You're tired of being miserable. You're tired of being afraid. You're tired of being angry. You're tired of being anxious. Too many problems to solve. Too much weight to carry. Too much pain to bear. Not enough time. There's a better way, not just for the truth of Jesus. the way of Jesus. Yoke yourself to him. Psalms 23 he says, he says the, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lay down. I feel like the Lord needs to make me lay down. I was just at someone's house, a customer's house this week, and their dog was jumping all over me, and I made him lay down. I put my hand on his collar, and I shoved his butt to the ground, and then he was calm. That's what the Lord needs to me. Do to me, he needs to make me lie down because often I won't do it myself. Psalms 46, he says, be still, as in commanding you, be still. Know that I'm God. There's a better way. Come to Jesus. Take his yoke. Join him. And find rest for your soul. I'm going to pray for us and, and we'll sing one more song. Lord, we thank you, God, for your, for your way. Thank you for your example that you provided us in Jesus. And uh, Lord, I hope you to I ask that you'd help each one of us to find that way this morning, God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Tice, that was a great message. How many of you felt like he connected with you this morning? I want you to understand something. It's not just Tyson connecting with you, but the Spirit of God through Tyson connecting with you. Can I just point out one thing as we close today? When Jesus came and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Have you ever considered the order? See, I think a lot of us are like, yeah, I want the life. Come to church. I want the life of God. That sounds great. But then we're kind of like, yeah, the truth kind of offends me sometimes. Or we, or we get a little religious and we're like, oh, I like the life. And you know what? Truth is really important. Truth, truth is what matters. But guys, I think that Jesus was very, very intentional when he chose those words. Because it's the way, his way, is what allows us to perceive truth. And when we walk in his way, in other words, we walk in his method, if we walk in his instruction, if we walk in his teaching, it enlightens us with his truth. And it's his truth that sets us free from sin and death and brings us into life and relationship with our Father. And the story that Jesus is telling has been told over and over and over again all through Scripture, even through the Old Testament, where the author of the Psalms, David, wrote, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. See, it's his way. Well, I don't want anybody to make me do anything. Well, I want to tell you something, beloved. 
God wants to make you do stuff because his way is the best way. His way will guide you into truth. His truth will bring you life. And that's how his whole plan for salvation works. Maybe you're sitting with us this morning, you're watching us online, and you actually don't have a relationship with God through his son, Jesus. I want to be very clear about the way, the truth, and the life with you this morning once again. There is literally no other way to our Heavenly Father other than Jesus. The Bible says there is one reconciler between man and God, the man Christ Jesus. He is the only way. Buddha will not get you to the one who created you. Now I will say this, there are about seven and a half billion ways to Jesus. Because it is one of the most personal journeys each one of us will ever walk. And it is personal and individual finding Jesus. But he is the only way and his truth is what will bring you life. His way, his truth, and his life at the cross also made a way for your healing physically, emotionally, mentally. And I hear in Tyson's message today, and I hear and see all over the world and all over our communities right now, people dealing with anxiety and dealing with depression, mental difficulty, mental illness at a level unprecedented in recorded history. And I want you to know this morning that the way, the truth, and the life has purchased healing for your mind. So much so that the Bible actually tells us that we don't have a spirit of fear. We don't have a mindset of fear, but one of power and love. And in fact, that brings us to a soundness of mind. Why? Because I know who, molds my, who holds my future. And I know that no weapon formed against me can prosper. And I know that nothing in all of creation could ever separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's the invitation this morning. You don't know him? Come and know him. You need healing? Come and let us pray for you, for healing, for your physical body, for your mental body, for the hurts of your past. His presence is here, and he wants you to be changed in his presence. Father, I pray for each person sitting here this morning and online that you would give them by your Holy Spirit the courage to respond. Holy Spirit, that you would walk us baby steps into the way, the truth, and the life once again today. Lord, we're asking for your presence to stay with us just a little longer, to meet us here, to change us, to heal us, to make us whole, to guide us into all truth. Thank you for joining us in another podcast from Generations Church. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast channel to get a new one each week. For additional information or to partner with us, please check out our website at www.genchurch.ca.